Today's daf is Ksubis daf Ayin Zayin. We have three lines from the top of daf Ayin Zayin Omed Aleph, the Mishnah. Today's daf is being learned as a Schus Rafur Shalema for Freda Golda Bas Esther and Le'ilu Nishmas Chayim Elazar Ben Yabodo Lechayim Reb Shimshin Aryeh. So today's daf is the calm in between the two storms. So the last several daf in Perakamader are arguably the hardest, most lumdish, lumdish adaf in a Masechtas Ksubis. Tomorrow we're going to start Perik Ho'isha Shenaflu, which is a whole different topic, but also real Masechtas Ksubis. Today's daf, however, is a much lighter daf, and although the topic begins with a continuation of what we've been discussing the last several dafin, but it's immediately going to digress. And as we'll see, there's some classic Agada to Gemara in today's daf. So the theme of the last several dafin was that a man that marries a woman and he finds out that she has mumen, it impacts the marriage. How so? If he made a tenai that I'm only marrying you on the condition that you don't have mumen, that's easy. As long as the tenai conforms and complies with the tenai of Bnei God of Bnei Ruvain, and if she has mumen, then the marriage will be null and void. If there was no tenai, kinsostam, then the halach is, the marriage is a marriage, but at the same time, he won't have any obligations of iksuba. Our Mishnah is going to discuss what happens if the reverse took place. Meaning, a man and a woman got married, and the woman discovered after the marriage that it's the man that has woman. How does that impact the marriage? Now, one thing is clear, the Rishonim speak out, that if the marriage was made a la tenai, that the man has no woman, it's Pasha, that if he has woman, ain't a mikudeshes. A tenai is a tenai, and it doesn't matter if the tenai is amanasha that she doesn't have mumin, or the tenai is amanasha ain't a lie mumin. Either way, if there was a tenai, then we're not having this conversation. The question is where it was kinsastam, where there was no tenai. If the man finds out that his wife has mumin, the halacha is what happens if it's in the reverse case? What happens if she now discovered that he has mumin? A man who was married, and then he developed mumen. The Allah is, She does not have a right to force him to give her a get. Meaning, she can't walk into bed and say, listen, I never signed up to marry a man that has mumen. As a result, I want out of this marriage. The fact that he developed mumen is not a reason for us to force him to give her a get. Um, Rav Shimon Gamliel, Rav Shimon Gamliel said, you have to read the fine print. When is that true? If the mum that he developed was a small mum, but in the event that the mum that he developed was a larger mum, then she does have a right to request a get. And if he doesn't want to oblige, we would force him to give her a get. There was a machloikis what the right girsa in the Mishnah is. Meaning, we have the girsa in the Mishnah that the case is talking about an ish, shenoyldu by mumin, to whom mumin developed. It sounds like that at the time that he got married, he didn't have these mumin, but it was only later that it was noldu by mumin. But we're about to see that there were amayuraim that actually had a different gersa with a big nafkimin alalach, Rabbi Yehuda Tani Naldu. The Amir Rabbi Yehuda, when he would say over this Mishnah, he would say that he had a Messiah, that the Lashon of the Mishnah is the way we have it. Ha'ishin Naldu by Mumin. Chiyah Barav, 
Chia, however, the son of Rav, Tani Hayu. He had a different Messiah. And his Messiah was that the Mishnah said, Ha'isha Hayu by Mumin. What's the difference? Hayubai means he had it already at the time that he got married. Noldu means they developed after the marriage. Hayu means he had it already. Says the Gemara, Mandama Noldu, Mandama, that says that the Allah Chodemich is true for a man for whom Mumin developed after he got married, Kolshkein Hayu, then certainly the Allah is going to be true if he always had these Mumin. Meaning, Madach, if he develops the Mumin after the marriage, the Allah is, certainly if he had the Mumin at the time that he got married, and now she says, you know what, I can't deal with this, What's the Kalvachimer? The Kasavar Vikibla. Because in the case that he had it already at the time that they got married, presumably she knew about it. And when she agreed to marry this man, she was okay with it. Now you're telling me that you realized that you couldn't really deal with it? I'm sorry, it's too late. So, Madach, if it was Noel Dubai in Kaifenoise where she wasn't Savar Vikibla, certainly if it was Hayu by these. Mumin ain't kaifenai because there's more of a svara to say that we're not going to force the man to give her a get because kasavra vikibla. Mandamar hayu. However, the mandamar that had the girsa in the Mishnah hayu, then you could say it's only by hayu, where there's a svara of kasavra vikibla that the halacha of the Mishnah is going to be true. I will know do like, but if the mumin would develop later, then already the halacha is going to be different. Zok demar tana. We learned in our Mishnah. Amr Shem Gamliel. Shem Gamliel said, "Bamed varam amur b'mumin ktanim." When is it true the halacha? That ain't a man that has mumin, that's if the mumin are small mumin, but if the mumin were larger mumin, then we would force this man to give his wife again. So the Gemara says, as I bishlam, the man that says that the mumin that the Mishnah is talking about were mumin that developed later. Then I understand the sheet of Rabshav and Gamliel. I understand the distinction between larger mumin and smaller mumin. What's the distinction? If Smaller woman develop later. Rav Shimon Gamliel says, "I agree." And But if larger woman develop later, then it's already different. But according to the mandama that says that the case that the Mishnah is talking about, where he had the woman at the time that he got married, and Pshan in the Mishnah is Kasava Rikibla. In fact, if it was no Dubai moment, then the halach is we would be kaifanarsalahitzi. The whole point of the Mishnah is that she knew about it, and as a result, she already agreed to it, and therefore she can't backtrack now. If that's the case of the Mishnah, and that's the svar of the Chachamim. So what's Rav Shem Gamliel's response? He's saying it's only true for Mumin Ketanim, not for Mumin Gedolim. If she agreed to the Mumin Gedolim, then Mali Gedolim, Mali Ketanim, Hasover V'Kipla. So the Gemara says, you have to say that according to the Manda that had the Gears in the Mishnah Hayu, it's talking about Mumin that he already had, and it's true Kosovra Vikibla, still Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says that if later she comes and she says, I thought I was able to be married to this man despite his woman, but I realize now I can't, in the event that their woman Gedoilim, she could say, I thought that I would be able to deal with it. However, now I realize that really I cannot deal with it. So the Gemara thought that from Rab Shimon and Gamliel's halacha, there's insight as to whether the right girsa of the Mishnah is Noldu or Hayu. Because if it's Noldu, we understand a little more intuitively the difference between Mumin Kitan and Mumin Gdailam. If it's Hayu, what really is the difference? But after further review, the Gemara says there really is no Raya. The Eloheim Mumin Gedolim. The following are a list of Mumin Gedolim. Again, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel said that there's a nafkemina between a man 
that has or develop mumin ketanim versus mumin gedolim. So we have to know what mumin gedolim are. Pirush Rav Shimon Gamliel, Rav Shimon Gamliel, he's the one that needs to explain this. It says shito. So he said kigoy nismas enoi if. The man became blind in one eye, nikta yadai, or he lost his hand, venishper ragloi, or he broke his foot. Itma, Rab Abba Bayakov, I'm Rabbi Yechanan. Rab Abba Bayakov said the name Rabbi Yechanan. Halacha k'Rav Shimon Gamliel. The halacha is like Rav Shimon Gamliel that there's a difference between mumin ketanim and mumin gedolim. And the only time you don't force the man to give his wife again is if it's mumin ketanim. But if it's mumin gedolim, we are going to force him. Rav, I'm Rav Nachman. Rav said the name Rav Nachman. Halacha k'Rav Chachamim. That halacha is like the Chachamim. So we have a machloikis Rabbi Yechanan. And Rav Nachman, whether we paskin like Rav Shimon ben Gamliel or we paskin like the Chacham. Faith to Gemara. Me, I'm Rabbi Yechonon Hachi. Could it be that Rabbi Yechonon said that Allah is like Rav Shimon ben Gamliel? For I'm a Rabbi Bar Barchan. I'm Rabbi Yechonon. But Rabbi Bar Barchan is in the name Rabbi Yechonon. But Chacham, I'm Shon Rav Shimon Gamliel. Misha Seino. Wherever Rav Shimon Gamliel is mentioned in a Mishnah, Allah Kemoyis, we paskin like him. Incidentally, this is only where he's mentioned in a Mishnah, not necessarily where he's mentioned in a Brisa. And you find this. It's an interesting. Uh, idea and an interesting talking point for another day, that there are certain Tanoim that if they're mentioned in a Mishnah, their Halacha carries an enormous amount of weight. But if they're mentioned in a Brisa, not necessarily as much. This is Exhibit A. Bechol makim sheshana Rab Shimon Gamliel b'mishnah seinu alacha k'moyseh. Wherever Rab Shimon Gamliel is mentioned in a Mishnah, the alacha is like him. Another example of this is Rabbi Yezeb ben Yaakov. Mishnah's Rabbi ben Yaakov is kavanaki. So we always paskin like Rabbi Yezeb ben Yaakov when he's in a Mishnah. In fact, in the world of Kloli Apsak, there's a Yesh Oymrim that there's nothing bigger than Mishnah's Rabbi Yezeb ben Yaakov. So for example, halacha k'reb Yaakiva mechaveri. What if there's a machloi is Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yezeb ben Yaakov in a Mishnah. Mishnah's Rabbi Yezeb ben Yaakov is Kavanaki. But a lot of Akhrainim say that it's only Mishnah's Rabbi Yezeb ben Yaakov. It's a Kesef Mishnah in a few places. But the Brises of Rabbi Yezeb ben Yaakov lav Davka. But either way, Rabbi Yechanan said that wherever Rabbi Shimon Gamliel said something in a Mishnah, Halacha Kemoy, say Chutz, three exceptions. May Arev, Rashi sends you to different places in Shas where the Gemara talks about these three cases. So what's the Kasha? How could it be Rabbi Yochanan said that Talach is like Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel in our Mishnah? Didn't Rabbi Yochanan say that wherever Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel said something in a Mishnah, we paskin like him, with the exception of Orif, Tzidon, and Rayach Reina? This is a Kasha. What's the Kasha? Then he think it sounds like it's Rabbi Yochanan Lashitasek. Rabbi Yechonon said we always paskin like Rabbi Shimon Gamliel in a Mishnah. Three exceptions. Our Mishnah is not Orif, it's not Tzidon, it's not Rayach Reina. What those three things are, Ayin Sham, but it's not our Mishnah. So, it's very good. Rabbi Yochanan Lishitasa, he paskined that the halach is like Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, and it's Matim with his general rule, his policy, that wherever Rabbi Shimon Gamliel said something in a Mishnah, the halach is like him. But it's a kasha. And the reason it's a kasha is because the Gemara felt that it sounds like Rabbi Ava Bar Yaakov said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan that Rabbi Yochanan paskined in our sugya that the halach is like Reb Shimon Gamliel. If Rabbi Yochanan has a general rule that we always paskin like Reb Shimon ben Gamliel in a Mishnah, he would not have had to paskin clearly bepem mole that we paskin like Reb Shimon ben Gamliel in our Mishnah because we anyways would know that halach is like Reb Shimon ben Gamliel because the halach is always like Reb Shimon ben Gamliel. It's as if an Amoira would say there's a machloikis b'shamay and b'shamay you should know that halach is like b'shamay. You need me to know that the halach is like Beisul? Because if not, I wouldn't somehow 
know that on my own. It's one of the Klali Apsak. Everybody knows that the Halach is like Basil. So why would you think all of a sudden now that the Halach is not like Basil? So it's a Kasha. From the fact that Rabbi Yochanan had to say that the Halach is like Rabbi Shem Gamliel in our Suya, the Gemara thinks it actually contradicts Rabbi Yochanan's rule that we always passing like Rabbi Shem Gamliel in a Mishnah. Because if we always passing like Rabbi Shem Gamliel in a Mishnah, then shouldn't it be obvious that the Gemara is so persuaded by this question? And the Gemara says, you're right. You have to say that although Rabbi Rabbi Barbarchan has said in the name Rabbi Yochanan that but Rav Ava Bar Yaakov who said over the name Rabbi Yochanan that Rabbi Yochanan Paskin in this sugya that loch is like Rabbi Shimon Gamliel he obviously didn't agree with that rule so it's true there is a klal in Psak from Rabbi Yochanan that we always Paskin like Rabbi Shimon Gamliel but not everybody agrees with that cloud, and that's why Rav Bayakiv, who did not agree with that cloud, had a paskin in our sugya that the loch is going to be like Rabbi Yechon. Incidentally, there's another cloud in Psak that comes up in many Gemaras, also attributed to Rabbi Yechonon, and that is the Rabbi Yechonon held the halach is like Stam Mishnah. So whenever you have a Stam Mishnah, Rabbi Yechonon used to say the halach is like Stam Mishnah. And the different sugi is the Gemara asks kashis on this, and the Gemara comes out the same way. That really was a machlekes amayiram whether Rabbi Yechonon agreed with that psak. So these are two major klali psak, both attributed to the great Rabbi Yechonon. One is the second one is halach is Stam Mishnah, but really both of them are the because the war on Iran that disagreed. Just one Toysfus to speak out before we start the next Mishnah, and that is, so it emerges from the Mishnah and the ensuing Gemara that a man that has mumin is different than a woman that has mumin. So a woman that develops mumin, that's the halach of Kinsastam, she loses her ksuba. A man, however, that develops mumin, it doesn't seem to have any impact on the marriage. Now, Rav Shimon Gamliel said, Mumin Gedolim would be different. It also emerged from the Gemara that this halacha is going to play itself out even where it was noldu by Mumin. Meaning, let's talk Rav Shimon Gamliel, who said that where there's Mumin Gedolim, the halacha is Kofanoise Lohitzi. It's true, even if the Mumin Gedolim developed after they were already married. That isn't this the exact opposite and the antithesis of everything that we learned the last few days? So without going back into the sugis of Mumin, but what was the whole Tainas Mumin? What was the whole back and forth between the man and the woman? Man gets married, he finds out that she has Mumin. He Tainas... I didn't agree to marry a woman with a woman. What does she say? Rastani. It all happened after the Eresin. As if to say that if the mum developed after the Eresin, then it's posh the man has no claim. The only time the man would ever have a claim is if the mum was there before the marriage. Yet, Shimon Gamliel Al-Kopanim says that a woman that develops mum and gedolim, we're talking about Nildu. So if she would develop the man, I'm sorry, would develop mum and after they're already married, she would be able to force the man to suddenly give her a get. Why don't you stay in the I thought that if the mum develops after the marriage, for sure there's no claim. So Toysfer says that the pshat is based on something I already said on the base on the base, and that is that the only time you have the svar of nistach vasadeo is when something happens to the woman. But if something ever happens to the man, there's no time of nistach vasadeo. And the reason is because ha'isha niknes labayla. Marriage involves a Kenyan component, and it's the man that's being kind of the woman. Ki ish isha. Isha niknes. And because she is 
kinyonoi of her husband, she's like the sada of her husband. So if something happens to her, we invoke this svara of nestachvas of deo. But if something happens to the man, being that he's not her sada, so to speak, so there's no inyan of nestachvas of deo, and it's for that reason this whole sugya is going to play itself out very, very differently. It's an important toysfus. Top of the Amid, very, very small Taisvis, and this Taisvis is also mentioned earlier on that phase on the base. Either way, so the Mishnah said that a man that develops a woman, or if he already had the woman, ain't Kaifanoisai Lahitzi. Stating that, the next Mishnah is going to discuss different things that if the man had, or if he developed, where we would force the man to give his wife a get. The following is a list of things where we do force the man to give a get. A man that's a Mukashin, we'll see what that is on Amid base. Ubal Philippos, the Gemara will explain what that is. Bahamikamits, the Gemara will explain that. Who the Gemara will explain? The Habursi, that's a tanner. That's someone that used to deal and process hides. So all these different things are things that would make a woman uncomfortable if she was married to a man that checks off one of these boxes. And therefore the halacha is that any one of these men, And the Mishnah says very clearly, this halach is true whether these men had these conditions or jobs prior to when they got married, or even if they developed after they got married. All these cases, the halach is So the Mishnah went a step further. He said, even if they made it tonight, meaning it's not just that he had it at the time of the chasana and just nobody said anything. Even if it was literally spoken out. Still, Yechayli, he should tell me, she could say later, Sfura, Yisi, Shani, Yechayli, the Kabbal, I thought that I was okay with this, and that's why I consented, and I even gave it to you in writing. I realize now this is not something that I'm capable of, and that's something that she's going to be able to get out of. I agree with everything but what you said, Rameir. Meaning, no. If she made a tenai, and she said clearly that this is something she's going to be okay with, now she's going to be forced to live with these men. There's one exception. This is also something we'll see on days that a mukashchin Tashmish is very difficult for him. Not only is it difficult for him, but it, it causes him pain and it could be very, very dangerous for him. So a situation where a woman says that I'm okay marrying a, a Mukashchen, we actually don't want the Mukashchen to be married because we're afraid that there's going to be Tashmish. So this is the only time that we're going to be Kaifanites and Lahitzi, we're going to separate them because of the fact that there's a Sakana element to them. It nothing to do with the fact that she agreed, didn't agree. It's difficult for her. It's not out her. It's more because of him. We don't want him to be in a situation where he can put himself in a, in a matzav of Sakana. My son, this note, there was a story in the place called Sidon. He had a brother that was in the same business. He was also a Bursi, and this woman now fell Yibam. So there was a woman, she was married to a Bursi. Her husband died, no children. She falls Yibam, and the Yavam is a Bursi. Now, ordinarily, in a situation of Yibam, we know the Yavam is the one that gets to decide whether he wants to do Yibam or Chalitza. Yavam or Yavam Yalea, even Balkarcha. So if he wants to do Yibam and she doesn't want to do Yibam, most cases, we're going to force her to do the Yibam. In this case, however, the woman was complaining, and she said, I don't want this man to be me. He's a Bursi. I can't be married to a Bursi. The job that he has is just, it's Masriach. It's not something I can get involved in. And as a result, I want to add to this. So Amru Chachamim, the Chachamim said, She could say, They allowed her to have such a Taina. And the Chachamim said that in this case, we're not going to force him or her 
to do Yibum, to the contrary, we're going to force him to do Chalitza. Why was this a Chiddush? The Chiddush was because she was married to a Bursi anyways. So what do you mean she's going to say, I can't be married to a Bursi? You've been happily married to a Bursi for many, many years. The Territ says they allowed her to even say that this Bursi I was able to be married to, but that Bursi already I wasn't able to be married to. So again, the Mishnah mentioned the whole list of mumin and things that are Koyfenoy So the first Mishnah said, generally speaking, but then you have to read the fine print. It's the next Mishnah. There are certain situations where it is so what was the list? Mukeshchen, which we'll get to. Ubal Filipos. So what's a Bal Filipos? I'm Rabbi Yehuda Mashmul Reich Achaitem. It's somebody whose nose smells. The Masnisa Tana. The price that we learned Reich Apet. It's someone that has bad breath. More poshik. Ravasi Masni Yipcho. Ravasi had it in the reverse. Ravasi said that it was Shmuel that said Reich Apet. It was the Brisa that said Reich Achaitem. And he used to give a simon, a good way to remember that it was Shmuel that said Rechapeh, and it was the Brisa that said Rechachaitin. What was his simon? Shmuel like Pasik Pume Mikule Perkin. Shmuel was like Pasik Pume Mikule Perkin. What does that mean? Rashi, Tamid Hayashaga Befit. Shmuel was always learning Perakamadah. And because Shmuel was always learning Perakamadah, that's a good way to remember that Shmuel is Rechapeh, Pez the mouth. Because Shmuel is like Pasik Pume Mikule Perkin. Now I think after learning Perakamadar, we're at the final daf. There's a lot of Shmuel in Perakamadar. I mean, most recently, the two major sugis in Perakamadar. Kitchal at night, the Kinsestams, the Machlikis, Rab and Shmuel. And then yesterday's daf, with Hamachlit Barav Echamar. That's all the grace halacha from Shmuel, where he was teaching up the lumbness of the Machlikis, Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Yeshua. But either way, Shmuel was like Pasik Pume. Mikulei Pirkin, and that's this remez of Shmuel being Rechapeh. I saw in the Aderes' Sefer, Megillah Simonim, so he wrote a Sefer on Simonim that we quote a lot, and he says a, a nice knitch. He says, just to add one nice noifach, and that is, there's a medrash, it's in this week's parsha, parsha's Nitzavim, so the Pasuk talking about the Torah says, that the Torah is not Bashamayim. So we know Chazal in different places had many different drashes on these words, so it says the Medrash Rabbin, Parshish Nitzavim, this is the Shmuel, the Amor talking, he said, that the Torah is not Metsuya with people that are Isterologan. So what are those? It sounds like they're astrologers. But if you look in the Mepharshaya Medrash, they're astronomers. That, that Torah is not Metsuya by astronomers. So they told Shmuel, What do you mean? You yourself are the biggest... You're an astronomer, you're a world-renowned astronomer, and look at you, you're someone that's Isaac Petaira. Incidentally, we know Shmuel was an astronomer. The Gemara Besachtes Brachas Tun Chesam Adves. Amar Shmuel, Nehirin Li Shvili Deshmaya Keshvili Dinaharda. I know the Shvili Deshmaya like I know the roads in Naharda. So Pashit, it sounds like it's talking about some grace of Kabbalah. But really, what it means is he was a big baki. He was someone that was very, very versed in astronomy. So the Gemara says that they told Shmuel, how could you say, that Torah can't be acquired by someone who's Bashamayim. He's an astronomer. He's always looking at his telescope at the, up at the heavens. He's trying to understand the Shvile, the Shmaya. You yourself, Shmuel, are the biggest Raya, not like that. Amalahem, so Shmuel told him back. The only time I was Isaac in astronomy is when I wasn't learning Torah. A Mosai. 
And he said, when was that? He said, that was true when I used to go to the bathroom. But that's when I was Isaac in astronomy. But other than that, he was always learning Torah. So he said that this Hosefa of Shmuel, that don't think because we know Shmuel was an astronomer. And we also know Shmuel was a big doctor, right? Throughout Shas, so many of the Inyani Rufua are attributed to Shmuel. So you would have thought that maybe Shmuel was someone that, yeah, he was Yofa Torah, Derech Eretz. That's not who Shmuel was. Shmuel was someone that was like Pasik Pume Mikule Perik. He never stopped learning for a second, specifically Perik. I'm not, again, it's just the Kinech, it's not Peshat on the Gemara. But the point is, is that even the great Shmuel, he said it himself. He said the only time he was Isaac and these in Yonim was. When he used to go to the base Samai. Either way, so the Gemara Vaita Bam Mekamitz. The Mishnah said that someone that's a Mekamitz, he too is somebody that we would force his wife to give again. My Mekamitz, Omer Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says, I'm the Kabit Soyas Kalman. This is somebody that collects the Tsoya of dogs. So if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, I don't understand why anybody would be in the business of being Mekabitz Soyas Kalman. Then Rashi says, Avo Ba'ashkenaz Roisi, he says, when I was in Germany, I saw, Sheshoyrim Behem Abigodim, Lefnei Kibus and Yoyma Yemayim, that before people would wash their clothing, so they needed a detergent. What was the detergent? It was Soyas Klovim. So Rashi says that I really didn't know what this meant. And then when I was in Ashkenaz, I saw it, and then I knew. It's interesting because Rashi very often says, Loyodati, the Gilion Ashas, in the end of the second paragraph of the Sachtis Brochis, Tafchafeyam at Beis, Rebkevega brings all the different places in Shas where Rashi was, and he wasn't embarrassed to say that I don't know Pshad and something. Rashi also sometimes proves things based on what he saw. The Ephoid, Barshas Tetzava, Kiyadua, for those that learn Chemish Rasha. But the point is that here you have both of them in the same Rashi. Rashi starts off saying, Loyodati Matsoyrechba. And then Rashi says, Avo Ba'ashkinaz Roisi. I ended up finding it. Zok. The Gemara Vaiter. So again, what it? What's a mekamitz? Rabbi Yehuda Damayir said it's someone that collects soyas. Called meisve. I'll ask you a kasha. Mekamitz a bursi. It's a mufurish price. The price is said that a mekamitz is a bursi. He's not someone that collects soyas. Called according to you that you think a mekamitz is a bursi. Tikshu lechamas nisan. How you gonna understand the Mishnah? The Mishnah said a mekamitz v'hametzarif nechayishes v'habursi. It says mekamitz and bursi. Meaning, you're asking a kasha Rabbi Yehuda from a brisa that says mekamitz is bursi. How could you say it's mekamitz soyas klavim? That b'risa, anyways, doesn't stand with our Mishnah, because the b'risa says that a mekamit is a bursi, and the Mishnah mentions mekamit, and it mentions bursi. So they can't be the same things. Mars is not true. The Mishnah itself is not true. The b'risa could be a commentary on the Mishnah, because I can tell you, kama bursi, the kama bursi, cotton. There's a bigger bursi, and there's a smaller bursi, and a bursi is one, and the mekamit is the other. But according to Yehuda, he's going head-on against the b'risa, because he said a mekamit is someone that's mekabit, so he's him, and the b'risa says clearly that a mekabit is a bursi, so the Gemara says, Tanoya. It's true. It really is not like Rabbi Yehuda, and there's no way to make it stem. However, we have another b'risa, which mentions really another opinion as to what a Mekamitz is, and Rabbi Yehuda was going according to the other Tana. What's that b'risa? The Tanya Mekamitz Abursi, the H. Oimrin, what Rabbi Yehuda said, Zaha Mekamitz Tsoyas Klovin, the Metzarif Nechoshes Vabursi. Mishnah mentioned that a Metzarif Nechoshes is also someone that a, a woman can say, I'm sorry, I can't, even though I thought I could, and Yoytzi in the Lachas is going to have to give her again. My Metzarif Nechoshes, Rabashi, Amar Rabashi said, do this. So these are people that work with copper and they make kalim from the copper. Rabbi Barbachano, I'm a coppersmith. It's not a coppersmith, but it's someone that 
mines copper from its original source. Tanya Kabasi, the Rabbi Barachano, is there on Mitzarev, Zamachatif, Nechayish is made copper. Somebody that mines copper. Amarav, Rav said, if somebody says, Aini Zon, the Aini Mefarnes, a man that says, I don't want to support my wife. Said, Allah is Yoytsev eating Suba, we force him to give her a get. Not only do we force, force him to give her a get, but if he thinks Suba, he has to give her Ksuba as well. Incidentally, if you notice, the Mishnah didn't mention anything about whether he would be forced to give her Ksuba. The Mishnah said, but didn't say anything about Ksuba. Here, Rav said, but the Mishnah didn't say anything about Ksuba. So the second Tosis on the Yom, it says, that we are going to force him to give a ksuba as well. If you look at the third Taisvis, Taisvis says that based on that, temo, I have a little bit of a problem. Why? Because the Mishnah said, certainly according to Rameyer, that a woman that marries, let's say, a Borsi, and she says that I thought I was going to be able to be married to a Borsi, and I realize now I can't be married to a Borsi. So what's the halacha? The re said, you're going to have to give a ksuba as well. So Taisa says, this is the greatest business in the world. A woman's going to marry Bursis and Bali Philippuses and Metzarev Nechayshises. And she's going to say, oh, I thought for sure I could do it. Two weeks later, she's going to say, you know something, I realize this is not working. They're going to force him to give her a get and she's going to end up getting a ksuba. She's just going to walk off with ksubas. Toysvis ksuba verves, no dunyas. So, Frank Toysvis, that I have a little bit of a problem with this. Them came kol isha tarim, betisa enu, kadesh eating lo ksuba, shatoyme enu yachayu lekabu, v'yugoshani, he's going to we're going to force him to give her a get, and not just that, she's going to get the ksuba. So Taisa says, it's, it's a problem. It could be right, before Bezdin gives her the ksuba, they're going to have to look into it, and they're going to have to make sure that this is something that she went into with the right intentions, and it's not like she got married in the first place, because in her mind she was anticipating getting the ksuba. So Bezdin's going to have to use a little bit of shikoladas, abyssal, the fifth, the shulchan before they apply this halacha, because he can't just go ahead and allow any woman that's demanding a get based on this idea of I thought, but now I realize I can't being that she's going to get ksuba, there is a monetary implication. Either way, here Rav said before, said a man that says, I don't want to support my wife, you're eating ksuba. And just one other thing, just to state the obvious that even though we've seen the sugis already so many times if a woman says that I don't want to be supported and I'm not going to give you my maizidayim, or a man that says see maizidayim that's not what we're talking about over here. This is a man that's taking his wife's maizidayim, or maybe she doesn't have any maizidayim, and he says, I don't want to support you. Push it and prost. I'm not supporting you. So the Allah is yoitzi. We force him to divorce her. We eat in ksub, and he has to give the ksub. Also, Rabbi Lazar. So Rabbi Lazar heard this halach of Rab. And he said it over to Shmuel. Omar, so Shmuel commented after Rabbi Lazar said what he said. So if somebody says something chashiv, right, you give him something chashiv, you mechabit him. Rabbi Laza said something that Shmuel deemed not to be chashiv, and he said, feed Sa'irim to Allah. Sa'irim is Michael Bahima. It's interesting because Rabbi Laza was just the middleman. He was just saying over what Rav had said. The fact that Shmuel doesn't agree with something Rav said is not exactly newsworthy. But over here, he was disappointed that Rabbi Laza even said it. And he said, Achsuah Sa'iri Laza. Why? What's so bad about what he said? If a man says in his own fairness, that's not grounds for divorce. A man's not supporting his wife. He has a chiv she'er. What's she supposed to do? 
So Shmuel said something logical. He said, Meaning we're going to force this man. We're going to resort to some old school tactics. Okay, so why are you forcing him to divorce her? Just force him to support her for the same price. And as a result, let them stay married. What did Rav hold? It's not fair to tell a woman to be married to a man that doesn't want to take care of you, even though you figured out a way to force him to do it. Right? If you live together with a nachash and a kfifa, the minute you, uh, you doze off, you never know what the nachash is going to do to you. So for us to have to be so vigilant to make sure that this woman is being supported, that's not okay. And Rav invoked the svarah that we saw earlier in the parak that he overheard Rabbi Yom Ben Yefes that was saying over the name this halach name Rabbi Yochanan. That what? That Ha'omer Edi son of Enim Afarnes Yotzev eating suba. Amar Leis Rabbi Zera told Rabbi Yom Ben Yefes Alda on this halacha Achsuah Siren Lazar Bavel. They fed Rabbi Lazar Siren and Bavel. Incidentally, from the lashon of Rabbi Zera, it sounds like it actually happened, right? Alda, based on what you're saying right now. Hechilu, they went ahead and they they fed him these soyim. Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Rav Asi, Ein Maasin Elul Psulas. We only force a man to give his wife a get if she is a psula. Meaning, if this marriage is an illicit marriage, that's when we force him to get divorced. Come read the Kamei Shmuel. This halacha was said over in the presence of Shmuel Amar. So Shmuel said, "Kigoyin." I'll give you an example of what Rav Asi. Some have the gears that Rav Ashi was referring to. Kigoyin Amar Lekoyin Gadol. The grusha of the chalutzah l'goyin hedit mamzeres finesin liyisrael bas yisrael lenasan ulamamzer. Meaning, these are real psulois chavilavin chavilavin veessin yisru de raisa. But what if someone's married to a quote unquote psula? But the nature of the psula is that there's nothing illicit about the marriage. He's a kosher, she's a kosher, but they're married for ten years and they didn't have any children. Then in koyfenoisa, we're not going to force them to give him her again. Now the truth is, the whole sugi in Yivam is tafsamich talad that if a couple's married for ten years and she has no children, so we already are concerned that maybe they're not going to be zoicha to have children. Man has a mitzvah puravu, and as a result, he's supposed to either marry another wife, prechem rabbi nugeshim, he's supposed to give her a get. But what Shmuel saying is in koyfenoisa, we're not going to force him to divorce his wife. That much we're not going to do. Meaning. If a man's married to a mamzeris, we're going to force. But this already, we're not going to force. Rav Tachlivi Baravimi Yomar Shmuel, Rav Tachlivi Baravimi said in the name of Shmuel, he said, I heard differently from Shmuel. I heard Shmuel say, that even if they're married for 10 years and they didn't have children, that Allah is going to be we are going to force him to give her a get. Okay, so it sounds like there was a machlekes amayroin, what Shmuel's opinion was regarding a man that's married for 10 years, didn't have any children, are we going to force him to divorce his wife, or are we not going to force him to divorce his wife? Now, the Gemara is about to ask Akasha from this to our Mishnah. What? Tanan, we learned in our Mishnah, the Mishnah mentioned the list of things that are So the Gemara's Kasha is that why didn't the Mishnah also mention this list of in Ma'asin and just speak out what the Gemara is about to say. Bishloim, if you hold, that the only psulois that the Amiram, Shmuel, and Rav Asni were talking about were psulois deiraisa. So then I'll tell you, the Mishnah is not talking about psulois deiraisa. The Mishnah is talking about the Rabban and the things. I mean, the Mishnah is not getting a vat if someone's married to a, a mamzeris, we're going to force him to give her a get. We don't need the Mishnah for that. That's posh. It's Zulkari Beirav. That's so obvious. The Chiddush in the Mishnah is even things that are not Deirai, so you would have thought maybe the Allah would be different. Kamash Malam Dana. But if the Girsa and Shmuel 
is correct. That that we would force a man that's married 10 years and doesn't have a child to divorce his wife that din is a din de Rabbanan. Because there's no Isidai Raisa to be married to this woman. So if there's no Isidai Raisa right now to be married to this woman, so the question is, why wasn't it mentioned in our Mishnah? So Bishlam, the Rabbasi, Bishlam, according to Rabbasi, that doesn't have in his memory, said the Rabbanic Tani, the Rais like Tani. I understand why the Mishnah didn't mention it. Because all Ravasi is being Moisif are the Raisa the cases. The Mishnah is not talking about the Raisas. El Rav Tachlifa Baravimi, who said over in the name of Shmuel that a man that's married for 10 years, that's not because they're violating any Isid Raisa when they're living together. Has Shaykhis to a Dai Raisa, the Mitzvah Puravu, but they're not violating any Dai Raisa when they're together. It's listening, Nasa Isha Vashayimah Esashan Vallayyad. So why wasn't it mentioned in the Mishnah? You have to say, the reason is because The Mishnah, when it says, it means we use sticks and stones. Really old school. When Shmuel said that we would force a man to divorce his wife if he's married for 10 years, he didn't mean we would force him. It means we would try to convince him and persuade him to give his wife a get so that he can marry someone else. But it's not because... It's not something that we would do physically, and as a result, it's not mentioned in the Mishnah. Mishnah is an exclusive group. It's situations where we would force literally using physical strength. Mask of asked the Kasha, can't be. Why? Because the Pasik says, Shlaima Malik said, You can't get an Evid to do something simply with words, right? Mili is not going to ever work. So if Shmuel said we force, meant we force using physical force. So if that's the case, what's the Tarit? said, The Mishnah and Shmuel were talking about forcing someone physically, but the difference is as follows. In the Mishnah, if she would say that I'm okay, meaning I can make it work, we would allow them to make it work, meaning, she has a schos to get out of the marriage, but if she says I'm okay with it, we would allow it. over here, Even if she says I'm willing to stay married, we would still be kofenaisa because for the mitzvah puravu, this is something we would force him to do. The gemara very mukeshchen. The afagafta amra havina bahadei loishafkin Allah. Mukeshchen is someone that even if she says I'm willing to stay married, still we force them not to be married. The tnan it was mafurish in the mishnah. We spoke this out when we learned the mishnah. What the mishnah that when it comes to Mokashchin, if she says that I thought I was able to, and we forced him to get divorced. Why? Because the Tashmish is very dangerous for him. And yet it's mentioned in the Mishnah. So the Gemara says, no, So if a, man, a woman says, I want to stay married to my husband, Mokashchin, and there'll be Aiden that will make sure that we never have Tashmish. Then already it's going to be mutter. Hacha, however, in Shmuel's case, where a man's married for 10 years and he didn't have any children, even if she says, I want to stay married and there'll be Adam, we're not going to allow. What's the difference? Because over here, he's not being the kind of Mitzvah Puravu. So who cares that there's Adam that say there was no Tashu Shamita? That's not the point. The point is we want this man to give his wife a get. It's like this, he's going to marry someone else. And just to be clear, even though he's allowed to marry someone else, even if he doesn't give his wife a get, but in Ayyubari Shoinim, it didn't always work that way. So the bottom line is that we would force him to give a get. like this, he can go ahead and be Mekayim the Mitzvah. So the Mishnah gave a whole list of situations where the halacha is Kaifin Oisai, Shmuel Damiram added to that list. The list was made up of Dairaisas and a Durabanon, maybe. 
The fact that the Raisas weren't mentioned in the Mishnah, that didn't bother the Gemara. The fact that the, the, the Rabbonon was in the Mishnah very much bothered the Gemara. Why do we mention this the Rabbonon? Which the Rabbonon? The fact that he was married for 10 years, didn't have any children, where according to one Gersa, Shmuel held, Allah is Kaifenoisai, and the Gemara came out of Maskana, because although it's true Kaifenoisai, the reason it's not in the Mishnah, because the Mishnah is talking specifically about situations where if she says, I'm willing to stay married, we allow them to stay married. In the case of Mokashchin, only with Aiden, but at least if they want to make it work, we can make it work. Shmuel's case is actually more severe. Shmuel's case is where you're Kaifen Oisai, where you're Kaifen Oisai, and even if they want to stay married, still we would not allow them to stay married. Either way, the Gemara now is going to pivot. Here's the Agada to Gemara, some real classic Agada to Gemara. And the Gemara is going to talk about a Mokashchin, and more specifically, the Gemara is going to talk about a condition known as Rasam. Now, the Gemara is going to get into it a little bit. Now, what Rasan is, specifically, I don't know. But the Gemara describes it as something that affected a person's mayach, a person's brain. And the Gemara refers to it as a sheretz. So this is a sheretz, which is probably just a, an analogy. It's a mushal, kiloshim b'nei adam, that was inside the mayach of a person. And the Gemara is going to discuss it a little bit and talk about how this condition, number one, was infectious, this was something that was catchy. Number two, the Gemara is going to say that Tashmish Hamitu was very bad for people that were afflicted by this condition called the Rasan. And then the Gemara is even going to talk about how once upon a time they used to operate on someone that had this condition. Um, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi said, Sok, sokh li I heard the following from an Altiyid in Yerushalayim. He said, There's 24 different types of Mukeshchen. And for all 24, Tashmish is very, very difficult. It's physically difficult, but also it's very painful, and there are ramifications for the health of the Mokashchen in the event that he's going to engage in Tashmish Amita. However, Ubali Rasan, people that are afflicted with Rasan, it's worse than being a, a Mokashchen, and specifically as it relates to Tashmish Amita, it's going to be worse for him. What causes this condition of Rasan, the Tanya Tzabraiso, if someone was Makistam, somebody bloodlet, and afterwards he engaged in Tashmish Amita, he's going to have children that are going to be weak. If the man and the woman were both Makistam, and then they had Tashmish Amita, they're going to have children that are going to be Bali Rasan. That's only true. If they didn't taste anything, they didn't eat any food after they were Makistam, before the Tashmish Amita, but if they would eat something less lumber, then this wouldn't be the case. My see money. What's the simon of knowing that a person is, is afflicted with rasan? So the Gemara is meeting. What are the symptoms? Talfon ene, his eyes tear, vidaive nechire, and there's liquids that come out of his nose. There's liquids that come out of his mouth. So there's liquids coming out of his eyes, his nose, his mouth. And he attracts flies. Flies are always swarming around him. That's a sign that this person has rasan. Mayasuse. So what's the refuah? And more specifically, as we're about to see, how did they operate? They would remove this sheretz. They would remove this issue. So how did they do it? So Abayah said as follows. And by the way, we mentioned earlier that Shmuel is so, an amirah that a lot of inyani refuah are attributed to. Abayah is the same. So pila v'loidana. Number one, they would take a certain type of plant and a certain type of wood. Girda de goiza, the bark of an egois, a nut tree. The girda de ashpa, and they would take some part of the hides of animals. Uklo malka, type of flower. Maschal de dikla sumka. And then they would take the, the peel of dates that haven't fully ripened. The shalukubad, the adali, they would cook it all together. Umayle, the base of the sheisha. They would take the patient who's going to be 
operated on into a house that's made of marble. And the reason is because we want to make sure that there's no draft that's going to enter the room because that's going to be dangerous during surgery. The base of the if they didn't have a house like that, they would go to a, a house, a room that had very, very thick walls. How thick? Seven and a half bricks thick. Then they would take 300 cups of this gemishach that they just cooked up and they would pour it on the head of the person. What was the point? Because they want to soften his skull. And then they would cut open his skull. They would take four leaves, but asa is a hadas of Dalit Minim fame. They would put it literally one leaf underneath each one of the legs of the sheretz. The point is they would remove it a little bit. Then the shogel b'tzvasa, they would have some sort of keili, some sort of utensil, and they would remove the sheretz, the kolile, and they would burn it to eat because if they don't burn this thing, hadar ilave, it's going to end up returning, and it's going to end up coming back to this person that was just operated on. Either way, this was Abaya's description of a surgery, and the way they used to operate on somebody that was afflicted by rasa. One very interesting thing before we go weiter, and that is, there's uh, Rashi in Chumash. The Pasuk says that after Paroi took Sarah, or Sarai at the time, so the Pasuk says that he took her, and then he was Mishamish Mitasai with Sarah. And the Pasuk says, V'yinaga Hashem esparei negoim gedoyim al dvar sarai eshes avram. That because of what he did, because of the fact that he had taken sarai, so therefore, V'yinaga Hashem esparei, Hashem punished him, Hashem afflicted him with negoim gedoyim. What were the negoim gedoyim? Zok Rashi, b'makas rason loko. What he got was the mak of rason. Why? Shatashmish kashaloi. It was mida keneged mida. We just learned the Gemara. He was taking sarai wife for the purpose of tashmish amita. So it's for that reason mida keneged mida. What did the Abish to give him? You're going to get this rason, this sheretz, and because that's something shatashmish kashaloi, and therefore he got it. So the Masha and our Gemara Chadushi Agadis, he just adds one knech that the pasuk says vayinaga Hashem is paroi nigoim gedoyim. So he says, why Nagan Gedolim? Because the Gemara says that there's 24 types of Mukashchem, and Tashmish is kosher for all 24, but the Bali Rasan is worse than all 24. So if it, the Torah referred to it as Nagan Gedolim, Rashi Gizok, Muzayim, this is the Spitz of the Spitz. And what is that? It's not just Mukashchem, Shatashmish, Koshaloi. But if the Pasuk refers to it as Nagan Gedolim, then presumably what this is, this is the Rasan, which is definitely the worst of all these things. Zakti Gemara. Used to say, Be careful from any flies that were in the vicinity of Bali Rasan. Why? So, this is a little progressive because they're carrying this infection, and as a result, the fly may take it from point A to point B, and it's something that could be catchy. Reb Zeru would not be in an area with a Bal Rasan if there was any wind blowing because he was afraid that the wind was going to blow the infection. Reb Lazar would not enter the same tent as somebody that was afflicted with Rasan. They wouldn't eat an egg that came from the neighborhood, came from the Mavoy of Erevin where there was a Baal Rasa. So Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Zeira, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Ami Rabbi they were all very careful around the, the Baal Rasa because there's an Indian of Nishmar Temoyl and Avshir Seichem 
And they were afraid. They were afraid that this is infectious, and whatever this issue was, it could potentially cause them harm. There was one Amoira that had a Midah Cheres when it came to the Bali Ras. Reb Shua Levi, Levi would go close to them. He would be Makar of them. These people were Rechaikim. They were people that nobody wanted to go near. But Reb Shua ben Levi went close to them. Literally, think of Koyrech, right? And when he was with them, he would learn Torah. And he said that I know that as long as I'm learning Torah, I have nothing to worry about. Omar, Torah is something that's my lechem. And he said, He said, Someone that learns Torah, it's malachain on that person. What? If somebody has chen already, that the Torah is going to allow him to preserve the chen. So Rabbi Shubham Levi said, I'm not worried about something happening to me because I know the Torah is going to protect my chen. I will never fall into being a balrasan. Because Madach Torah is malachain for someone that doesn't have it. Kavachayim, it's going to allow me to preserve and to protect my chen. Now, apparently, what Rabbi Shubham Levi did was such a godless. It was so incredible that the Gemara is going to digress now from here, command until the end of Paragamadr with Divrei Agadah. And the purpose of this Divrei Agadah is to talk about the greatness of Rabbi Shubham Levi. And the Gemara is about to tell a famous story that very, very few people have this story ever have been told about them. And it's clearly being segued from this idea that Rabbi Shubham Levi when it came to the Balrasan, whereas the great Amoyron felt that the, pro- the appropriate thing to do was to keep a distance. But he was Michrich Behuva Asik Betayra Omar Ayelas Ahavim Fiyalas Khan. Zaktimark, you have a shock. When it came time for Abishu Abin Levi to leave this world, so they told him Alchamavis, Zil Ovid Lever Uset. It's your job to take away the Nishama of the great Rabbi Shuab Levi. However, I want you to know you don't have control over Rabbi Shuab Levi. I want you to go Rabbi Shuab Levi. Tell him you've come to take him, but at the same time, follow his orders. So if there's anything that he wants you to do, you have to go along with it. So the Gemara says, Azal is chazile. So Malach Mavis came and he appeared to Rabbi Shua Malevi. So Rabbi Shua Malevi tells the Malach Mavis, I want to know where I'm going. Meaning, you're taking me? I want to know where you're taking me. No problem. He had instructions, following orders. He knows where Rabbi Shua Malevi tells him. That's what he's going to do. Amalei, so Bishur ben Levi, as he's walking together with the Malach HaMavis, he tells him, you know, I'm a little bit uncomfortable right now. Right? He has his sword drawn, and he says, I don't know, Havli Sakinech, give me your sakin, give me your sword, I'm going to feel a little bit better. Because I keep on looking behind me. I'm just afraid that you might scare me at some point, and this is not going to play out the way I'm hoping. So Limar says, you have an Amalei, I had no choice. He had to follow orders, so he gave it to him. When they came to the place where Bishul ben Levi was going to go, and we know where that is, that was Ganeitin. So, so the Malchamavis lifts Bishul ben Levi. There was a wall, apparently. It's like this, he can peer, he can look over the wall, so he can see what's going on on the other side. As he lit Rabbi Shua ben Levi, Rabbi Shua ben Levi, quote-unquote, fell, right? He jumped over the wall, and he's now in Ganeitin. So he somehow was able to fool the Malachamavas. But the Gemara says, Nakti Bekarna the Glimei. The Malachamavas was holding on to the corner of his Rekel. Amalek, Rabbi Shua Malevi turns to the Malachamavas. There's a little fight, there's a little tug of war going on. He said, He says, I swear I'm not coming back with you. Once I'm here, I'm not going back. Amakuchabrichu said, Abishter is presiding over this. And he said, Rabbi Shua Malevi just made a Shvua that he's not going to go back to the other side. We can't allow Rabbi Shua Malevi to go against the Shvua. Maybe we could. 
What is it going to depend on? How careful was Rabbi Shulman Levi during his lifetime in the Indian of Shavua? So listen to what the Ebishter said. If there was ever a time that Rabbi Shulman Levi made a Shavua, and then he was mapped the Shavua, he didn't go against his Shavua. He wasn't over of course not. But he was mapped the He went to a Chacham that said, Mutalach, Mutalach, Mutalach. That's already epis a little bit of Gairis in the area of Shavua. Then the Hadr. Then the fact that he made a Shavua is not going to keep him in Gan Eden. But if he never was Mahadr on a Shavua, Loi Nahadr is not going back. Either way, apparently, Rabbi Shua ben Levi had never been Mahadr a Shavua. So that reason it was deemed that if Rabbi Shua ben Levi made a Shavua, the Malcham Ovis did not have a right to take him back onto the other side of the world. So Rabbi Shua ben Levi is there. I'm so the Malcham Ovis tells Rabbi Shua ben Levi, before I let you go, you know, you have something that I need. Havli saki noi. Like, havli kayo evle. Rabbi Shua Levi said, no way, I'm not giving this back to you. Nafka baskel, a baskel came out for Amrle and told Rabbi Shua Levi, havna hale, give it to him. De mitmal de briyasa, because the world needs it. And because the world needs it, you have to give it. Zok to Gemara. So Rabbi Shua Levi just entered Ganeidin alive. Nachra zelio kameh, zelio anavi. Someone else that left this world and never died. Eishas Elio, all the lumbus. So all of a sudden, Elio Navi comes and he starts announcing. He said, Panu Makim Levi, Panu Makim Clear a place because Barlivai, the son of Levi. Incidentally, it's not clear who Rabbi Shua ben Levi's father was. I saw in the Toldos Tanam Bamiram, he says that he saw Yeshaimrim that says, I didn't have a chance to look this up, but he said he saw Yeshaimrim. I saw the Toldos Tanam Bamiram, but not to really look it up. That Rabbi Shua ben Levi's father was Levi, the Talmud of Rebbe. But he says that he finds it very difficult to believe that because Levi, the Talmud of Rebbe, is one of the great Tanoim slash Amoiroim, and you don't find anywhere that Rabbi Shua ben Levi ever mentioned anything in the name of Levi. Meaning, chronologically, it would work very, very well. And Rabbi Shua ben Levi would be the son of the famous Levi. And here you see, Bar Levi, Bar Levi, Avuah de Shmuel, right? So the fact that we're referring to him as Bar Levi would also be a little bit of a, a hint that maybe his father is someone famous. So who's a famous Levi? He's the one Levi. So the Toldus Tanon Vamiram, Rav Hyman says that he saw people say that, but he says he dismissed is it right away? It's in the first paragraph on Erech Rabbi Shulman Levi. There's no way that it's true. But either way, since so Rabbi Shulman Levi is now in Ganed and he sees Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai. Right? This is what you see when you're when you're in the Garden of Eden. You see also Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai. Wow! And he's sitting on thirteen chairs that are all made of gold. Atu Bar Levi. So Shimon Bar says, "I hear a ram call that's saying, you know, are you the Bar Levi? He said, yes, I am. He said, tell me, did you ever see a, a Keshet? Did you ever see a rainbow during your days? Yes, I saw. He said, he says, if that's the case, you're not really Bar Levi. No, he's Bar Levi. That's who he is. But he said, if that's the case, you're not who uh, this Ramkol seems to suggest. Because if there was a Keshet during your times, that shows uh, a little something that, that you're not as great as, as maybe it is being suggested. Now, this, of course, is in line with what everybody knows, and that is in the times of Shumai Yechai, like Ba'imer, the bows and arrows, but in the times of Shumai Yechai, there was no Keshes. They never saw Keshes in the times of Shumai Yechai. Why? Because the Keshes is a sign that really the door is deservant of a Mabel. And the only reason there's no Mabel is because of the fact that Hashem swore that there wouldn't be a Mabel. Shumai Yechai was such a tzaddik, he protected the whole generation, that on the Shvur there wouldn't have been a Mabel. Because the tzaddik would have been making on the whole door. So he told him that, if you, there was a cashless during your time, that shows something that you're not as, as great. But the Gemara says, really, it's not true. In Rabbi Shul ben Levi's time, there really was no 
there really was no kashas. So why didn't Rav Shem Baichai, why, why did Rav Shem maybe tell Rav Shem Baichai the truth? He didn't want to take any credit for it. It's not the Gemara. So on the note, on the topic of Rav Shem Levi, who seems to have some sort of uh, encounter with the Malach HaMavis, so the Gemara is going to tell other stories like this. Rav Chanina Bar Papa Shushbini Hav. Rav Chanina Bar Papa was friends with the Malach HaMavis. When it was time, when it was time for Rav Chanina Bar Papa to leave this world, they told the Malach HaMavis, Zil Avalei Ruuset. Go do to Rab Chanina Bar Papa whatever he wants. I mean, the same thing that he was told about Rabbi Shulban Levi, he was told about Rabbi Chanina Bar Papa. So the Gemara says, Azal Gabe, the Ischilai. So the Malchamavis went to Rabbi Chanina Bar Papa and he appeared in front of him. Amalei, he told him, Shifki Talsiyem, Adanahamat Tamudai. I need 30 days to Chazam, I learned it. Amri, because people say, there's a basketball that goes up in Shemayim that says, Ashrim, Yishabalik, and Vitamudabayadai praises someone that comes up to this world. Vitamudabayadai says, the first thing I need to do is I need a Chazam, I learning because Ashrim, Mishabalik, and Vitamudabayadai. We've spoken out many times, the Chazam Soifer that said that the only time it's Ashrim, Mishabalik, and the only time a person has to chazer before he leaves that world is if the person was a Sinai. But somebody that was the Oikar Harim who had Talmidim because of Sifsois of Daivavais Bekever, he doesn't need to chazer in order to have his learning in the next world. Such a murder to Gichsam Soifi because he's always chazering. Sifsois of Daivavais Bekever. But either way, so Rabbi Nirba Papa tells him, Alchamavis, give me 30 days. Shafke, so he gave him 30 days. After 30 days, he came back to begin. Amalek told him, Achvili Duchtai. So Rabbi Nirba Papa tells him, Alchamavis, I understand you're under instructions. You have to follow my orders, okay, this is what I want, I want to know where I'm going, no problem, as they're walking, he says, you know, he says, you know, I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable, I'm afraid that you're going to uh, scare me, so the Malachim said, listen, I fell for this once, I'm not falling for this a second time, you want to do what your friend did, you want to do what Rabbi Shmuel ben did, you're going to take my sword, you're going to jump over the wall, then you're not going to give it back, I'm going to be holding on to your rectal, you didn't make shvuz, you didn't make shvuz, right, I know how this is going to play out, so he told him, I hear, Okay, so he said, I see say for Torah v'chazi. He said, you think that I'm not worthy of holding your knife? Why don't you bring a say for Torah? And let's see, me ikum midi dechzibay to lekiam Is there anything in the say for Torah that's written that I wasn't kind? Amalei told him, me ich me ikarches bebalei rasim v'askes for He says, really, you makayim everything? Tell me, did you ever see someone that was a, a bal rasim, someone that was so rochik, and you were makarvim, you were korich to him, like Rabbi Shua ben Levi did, and you were oisnik for he said no. And that's why he didn't get the knife. And this is where you see Mephurish in the Gemara, the segue in the Hemshech, that because of what Rabbi Shulman Levi had done, that he was Karach, he went together with the Bali Rasin, Va'asit Batayra, he said, That's why the Gemara is telling the story. That's why he had such shlit, he had such dominance over the Malach HaMavis. And that's how the Malach HaMavis was able to get Rabbi Shulman Papa not to get his sakin, because he said, at the end of the day, me achris bebali rasa v'yaskis betoira, the Gemara said, afilu hachi, even though, Rav Chinebar Papa didn't get the sakin, and by the way, he didn't enter Ganeidin alive either, but at the same time, when he passed away, there was an amuda denura, there was a big amud, there was like a pillar of fire that separated him and everybody else. This is something that happens after Tzadik dies, but only to one in a generation or two in a generation. So it tells us who Rav Chinebar Papa was. The Gemara says, there was a problem, because Rav Chinebar Papa just passed away, and now, no one could get to his body because you have this pillar of fire that's separating the corpse from everybody around them. So, Alexandri started to come and, and he couldn't get past. Omar, he said, For the covet of the Chachamim, make this go away. Why? 
he felt that it was a shtikl b'zoyin for all the other chachamim because he was the only chacham that was oichet to this. All the other chachamim suddenly are not looking like such chachamim because if they're such sadikim, how come they weren't oichet to this? So he said, Pasha, for the cover of the chachamim, also everybody's blushing. So he said, because of the other chachamim, we have to make this go with layashkech. But no, they, 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 there was no response. So then he said, Make this go away for the covet of your father. And then finally it went away. Abaya said, What was the point of this? It's to separate someone that wasn't Mekayim. Even one ois. I saw that Pashup Shah, what does it mean? I feel Oisachas. He wasn't Mekayim, even one Ois in the Torah. The Aflots, the last Aflot in Parakamadr. It's a short Aflot, it's some real hard Aflots in Parakamadr. This is a relatively easy one. He says, Yesh Lefaresh, you know what it means? Oisachas, Al Ha It doesn't mean one letter. But it means the oisos. You go in ois bris, ois tefillin, ois shabbos, ois yontif. Shelo shomer achas me oisos ha elakaroi. That if a person didn't keep, he didn't observe one of the oisos. Not oisios. One of the oisos of the Torah. That's what it was referring to. Zokti gemara amalei rav adabar masla. So rav adabar masla told abaye lafuke mimar that really it was it was looking to separate you as well. Lo isle makal igre because you weren't mekayim something in the Torah. You weren't mekayim the mitzvah of makal. Which by the way, how does that stem with the haflot? Haflot just said ois doesn't mean an ois. It means one of the oisos. But the Gemara says, it's not really true. Abayah did have a maka, mihava havava, he shaito hu deshadya zika. It just so happens that that second there had been a wind, a ruch, and a matsuya, and knocked down his, his maka, and as a result, he didn't have a maka. Why are there no bali rasin in bavel? The reason is because they eat trodin, beets, and they drink sheikha shal hizmi, they drink beer. From hops that grow on hismi. Hismi are like thorns. I'm Rabbi Yochan, Rabbi Yochan, and say, Mipnema emitsayron bebavel. Why are there no mitsayron bebavel? Mipnei shaoichlan troden. Again, they eat beets, vishois and sheikhar. They drink beer, vishoichatsim bebe paras, and they bathe in the Euphrates River, Hadron halach hamada. So just to end with just one very short and light ha'ara, and that is that the Gemara told this epic story about Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. It began with the idea that Rabbi Shua ben Levi was michrich bahu v'asik b'tayra, that he would be of these bali rasan, these people that in halacha, the great tzaddik, and Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Asi, they had all paskin that the right thing to do was to keep a distance. Rabbi Shua ben Levi was michrich bahu v'asik b'tayra. Amar, he said, Ayelis ahavim v'yalaschei. Tayra is maylachei. And he said, The Madach Torah has the ability to be Certainly it's going to protect me and it's going to allow me to preserve my chen. And then the Gemara went on to tell a story about when it came time for Rabbi Shulban Levi to pass away, the Malachim Lavis came to Rabbi Shulban Levi, was forced to listen to Rabbi Shulban Levi. Ultimately, Rabbi Shulban Levi outsmarted the angel of death and he was able to somehow figure out how to enter Ganeidin alive without ever having to be subject to all the tsar and everything that comes along with being subject to the Malacham office. So, a few things. Number one, we know, we've spoken about this in the past, that Rabbi Shua ben Levi had a relationship with the Malacham office. The Gemara says in Masech, this brach is tafnun aleph amid aleph. Om Rebbe Shua ben Levi, shloish advarim sochli malach There were three things that I heard from the malach amavas. 
It's the Gemara Masechtis Shabbos, one of the most famous Gemaras in Shas. Peches Amit Beis. Amr Rabbi Shua Ben Levi. B'shosh Alam Moishal Amaroim. When Moishal Ben went up to Shemayim, Amr Malachi Asharos Tefnei Kodesh Baruch Hu. Rebeinu Shloim. Malu Yilud Isha Beinenu. And then the whole back and forth with Moishal Beinu. Achoyz Bechisei Kvoidi Vaneilam Tshuva. And then at the end, not only did the Malachim allow Moishal Beinu to take the Torah, but they even gave him Matanos. And Rabbi Shua Ben Levi said, Ach Malacham Moves Mosol Leidavah. And even said what the Dover was, he gave him the, the secret of the Ketairis, Rashi brings in a Chumash, in Parshas Kairach, Kiyudu. So Rabbi Shua Ben Levi in different places in Shas quotes the Malach HaMavis. And it seems that he had some Shaykhis with the Malach HaMavis. In Beis Medrash Boloi Chiddush, I was thinking, the Gemara says in Brachas Tavches Amir Aleph, they told Rabbi Yoichanon, Ikasabi Bebavel, another classic. You know, there are old people living in Bavel. So Talma, he was very surprised. It says, But not in Chutzlaret. But then, even the army, they told him, they go early to shul and they come home late from shul. Omar, he said, Now I understand. Rabbi Shuman Levi used to tell his sons, You want to live long? He used to tell him, Go early to Bismedrish, leave Bismedrish late. You learn early in the morning, you leave at night. That's a school of Arikha. How did Rabbi Shuman Levi have school of Arikha? It sounds like he was the one that knew this, where no one else knew. Okay, it's Torah. But there's a little bit of a knech. Shulban Levi has this special relationship with the Malachamavas, and because he has this special relationship with the Malachamavas, so it's for that reason, it's for that reason maybe this was different. But it emerged from the Gemara, it emerged from the Gemara that ultimately, what allowed Rabbi Shulban Levi to get into Ganeid and alive? It wasn't his relationship with the Malachamavas, it was the fact that he was a great tzaddik, he was mekayim everything in the Torah, like the Gemara says, but he was even mechrich behuva asik b'tayra. He went ahead and he was of these rechaykin, these balei rasin. And it was because of that, that he was zoicha to ultimately be able to enter Ganeidin alive, and he was the one that somehow was protected from the wrath and the job of the Malach HaMavis. I was thinking maybe a knech, and that is that we know the Pasik says in the end of Parshas Bereshis, the very, very last Pasik, it says, Last Pasik in Parshas Bereshis. Noyach was Matzachein Be'ene Hashem. And this Pasik, of course, is a segue to Parshas Noyach. The smichos between the end of Bereshis and the beginning of Noyach is very easy. That's the last Pasik in Bereshis. And the first Pasik in Noyach is, And if you look in the Archaim HaKadosh, and really the Svar Maktoshim, the Zayr HaKadosh says that the point of the connection between these Pesukim are that the reason Noyach was Zoycha to be saved is because he was Motzachem Be'ene Hashem. Because he had a special Nesiyah Shein. And because of the special Nesiyah Shein that he had, that's ultimately why he was saved. The Rechaim HaKadosh says, Ki yesh a person should know, Ki yesh mitzvah, she'to'yalto hi laham she'chein ala adam. Says, there are mitzvahs, that the toyelis of the mitzvah is, that if you do this mitzvah, you're going to have an Nesiyah Shein. Oi b'pchene sholosh or arba mitzvahs yuduos. So he speaks a little cryptically, but he says there are three or four mitzvahs for which this is very, very true. But the Ebesha didn't want us to know this. He didn't want us to know which mitzvahs. And the reason is because he was afraid everyone's going to run to do those mitzvahs. No one's going to do any other mitzvah. Because when you appreciate what protection you have when you have chain, so he was afraid that people are going to be a, a, run to only do those mitzvahs. 
not the other mitzvahs. And even those mitzvahs, they'll do it for the wrong reasons. It'll be almanas the kabul pras. It's going to be for this chayim. V'zeh noyach zocha, but noyach says our chayim was zocha, u'motza hachayim, and he found the chayim. And that's what the Pasuk means when it says, v'noyach motza hachayim be'ene Hashem. And then our chayim says, gam shmo yagid kayin. The name noyach is a remez to the chayim that he found, because noyach is oisius chayim. That's the Arachayim in the end of Parashas Bereshis. But either way, Noyach was saved from what is arguably the greatest massive of Sakana in the history of Bria Sa'il. Right From the time that the world was created until today, 5,782 years later, Lechura, the greatest Sakana the world was ever in, or any individual living in the world, was the Mabel. The Mabel wiped out the world. Now, Noyach, Matzachem, Bene Hashem. Noyach, and his wife, and his sons, and their wives, they were the only ones that were saved, and animals. But other than that, nobody was saved from the Mabal. What saved Noyach, what protected Noyach in this epic matzav of Sakana, was his chen. It was the Noyach, Motzachem Be'ini Hashem. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi was of these Bali Ras. Nobody wanted to go near them. And they were dejected. They were literally like Mitzayroim. Nobody wanted to have anything to do. And rightfully so. Because in Halacha, it's not Ois Kaltin. Rabbi Shua ben Levi was Michrich Puvasik Petaira. And you know what Rabbi Shua ben Levi said? Rabbi Shua ben Levi said, I'm going to be with them and I'm going to learn Torah. And as long as I'm learning Torah, I don't have to be afraid. Because Ayelas Ahovin Viyalas Chain. And in Chain Maila, I'm there. If the Torah can give a person Chain, Aguni Le Magna, then certainly it's going to allow me to preserve my Chain. So Rabbi Shua ben Levi went and he said that I'm not worried because I know that Torah gives a Yid Chain. And therefore, the chain that I have from learning Torah is going to protect me from the sakana of being in the presence, of being in the vicinity of the Bali Rasan. Maybe, Mida Kineged Mida, Rabbi Shua ben Levi was Zoycha to such a level and such a madrega of chain that even had Nesiyah's chain by the Malachamavis. And even the Malachamavis, who usually, when you think of him, he's the angel of death. So try not to use your imagination. In Rabbi Shua ben Levi, in his case, he was Ayala Sahav and Viyala's Chain. And because he invoked that Chain with Toyelas to help other Yidin, Yidin that nobody wanted to go near. So Rabbi Shulab Levi was Zoycha that he had an Asiyah's Chain in the Matzav of the Sakon of the Malachamavas. Noyach was Matzah Chain and protected him from the Mavel. Rabbi Shulab Levi was Zoycha to Chain because of his Mida of. That he's noisachem by the malchamavis, and that maybe gives a little bit of color, a little bit of insight. Again, this is way above our pay grade, but just a little bit of insight into this nesias chen that Reb Shulam Levi seemed to have with the malchamavis. That lav kolodim zoychalikach. We Reb Chanina Bar Papa almost had it, but because he couldn't say yes to this question, we ever michrich bu with the bali ras and vasik petayra. So therefore, ultimately, he wasn't zoychatachem. But just to end, and that is Reb Chanan in Kovit Shurim asks a bomb he says at the end of the day he says how is Rabbi Shulam Levi able to do this he put his life into a matzah of Sakana all the other Amayuram were right Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Zeira Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Ami Rabbi Asi at the end of the day there was a real clear and present danger there was a Sakana over here so if there's a Sakana what gave Rabbi Shulam Levi a right to put himself in a matzah of Sakana and he says that even though you'll tell me that the rule is shluchei mitzvah in a nizoykin but everybody knows that doesn't work that way. Hashem tells Shmuel, go to Yishai, go to David, and you should anoint him, and you should make him the king. So what did he say? What do you mean? Shaul's going to find out, and he's going to kill me. 
Or he's going to kill me. The Abish just told you to go. Shluche mitzvah ain't an izaikin. And because of Shrikhe Ezeka, he had to be worried. He had to be concerned that maybe this is not going to be okay. Right here on our Gemara, it's Ois Reish Ayin Zayin. So he says, I understand. How is Rabbi Shul ben Levi able to do this? It's very nice. It's a good shtikl Torah. It's divrei agada. It's above our pay grade. But in halach, it's not a scout, and it shouldn't be okay. Quote, this that you find that a person cannot put himself in a matzvah of sakana. Meaning that shluchei mitzvah but that's only true for Shar Mitzvahs. Avalimur Atayra Shani. Limur Atayra must be different. For that we would need a Makar, and there is a Makar. Kadi Yalif Mikal Vachayra. It was Rabshu Malevis Kal Vachayra. Imchain Maila Aloim Deo. Then certainly it's going to protect the person. And says Rabbi Chanan, I think you see from here that Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi held that in the event that the Shluchei Mitzvah is Torah, even if it's Shchichi Hezeka Daloch is, you are, are allowed to put yourself into a Matzah of Sakon. Now it's Rabbi Shul ben Levi Shita. It doesn't sound like it was Rabbi Yechanan Shita. But who do we him like? If there's a machlik of Shul Malevi and Rabbi Yechanan. So if you look in the Kloli Apsak, it's not so posh we pass in Rabbi Yechanan. Even though we know we always pass in like Rabbi Yechanan, Keneged Rav, Keneged Shmuel, Avir, there, it's Yisrael. But Keneged Rabbi Shul ben Levi, so Shain Eimol, not posh it. And there's big tzadim, Taisvis, and Mesachtas Megillah, that we pass in like Rabbi Shul ben Levi over Rabbi Yechanan. But either way, says Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Shul ben Levi held that when it comes to Torah, Torah is different. Because Torah, you don't have the halacha of Shluche Mitzvah. Although in a nizakim b'makom the shchich hazeik is something you have to worry about. I think this Rabbi Chanan opens up a pesach for us to understand a lot of parshiyos tumis in the Torah. Most notably, Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva taught Torah by Messias Nefesh. Even though the Romans had decreed that any person that learns Torah is going to be killed, and still he went berabim and he learned Torah. The kamekulmas in the shtabrut is one of the biggest kashas ever, and that is how is Rabbi Akiva allowed to embark on a suicide mission? How was he allowed to go and teach Torah when there was a Roman decree that said very clear? that any person that's going to teach Torah is going to end up in this situation. So it's true, Rabbi Akiva said, this was something Rabbi Akiva maybe wanted, but that's above our pay grade. How is Rabbi Akiva and Halacha allowed to go and do something like this? Lachur, it's not Oiskahalten. The Torah says it was Torah. And because it was Limitat Torah, it could be Limitat Torah is different. Rabbi Chanon, that when it comes to Limitat Torah, because of this drosho, it protects. There's a shmira. There's a special shmira that a person has when it comes to learning Torah. And that shmira can even help a yid who's in a matzah of sakana with shchiche hezeka. We always say over from Dachi Amaral, Rabbi Chaim Ben Rabbi Friedberg, who in a Sefer Achayim and in Izegar Satil says that Gemara is Rosh Tevis Gavriel Mechal Rafal Uriel. Because when a person learns Gemara, he's like a Shmir El Yoyna, Mimini Michal, Mesmoyli Gavriel, Mufani Ariel, Meachayra Rafal, Valroishi Shchin Askel. This is an oymek in the Shmir of Torah. The Shmir of Torah is different than the Shmir of Mitzvahs. Right, the Gemara says in Saita that Mitzvahs are Megan and Matzal only at the time that you do the Mitzvah, not Shalaybid. But this is a whole different world. That Torah doesn't even fall into the category. It could be Shriach Hezeka. But if a person is learning Torah, there's an Indian of Rabbi Shua ben Levi, is Mechrecha Huva Asik Because in Chain Maila Aloimdea, Anguni Loi Magna, definitely one of the many takeaways that we can take from Perik. Hamader, Avada Udalambis, but Perak Hamader ends 
with a little bit of Divrei Agada, and then Be'ezus Hashem tomorrow, we are going to return to our regular program, which is the sugyas of Ksubis and Ishus, specifically Perik Ishashanoflu, which is going to be followed by Perik HaKosif, which is going to deal with the halachos of Nechse Melug and Nechse Tzoyin Barzal.